Welcome to Recalibrate. This is a podcast of Caribou Road Christian Fellowship. Our hope is to create a moment where you get to take a look at your life through the lens of Christ's teaching and recalibrate. Welcome back to Recalibrate. I'm here by myself today uh, doing this session of Recalibrate. This is the first of our new series that we're doing called The Passion of Christ. And uh, if you didn't catch it on Sunday, we began the first of the series. We're, we're going through Mark chapter 14, 15 and 16. The word passion, as we've learned, means in Latin, the sufferings of Christ. And so we're going through those passages, those chapters in the book of Mark that really deal with Christ's suffering uh, in his life. That, that season from when he was anointed uh, by the woman who, who anointed his head with oil, right through to his resurrection. A very difficult time in the life of Jesus. But what's remarkable is that as we go through this really difficult time as a society, there's so many wonderful principles and lessons we can learn from it. So let's jump straight into the next part of the text. I want to follow on from the story we did on Sunday. We talked about the woman who anointed Jesus' head with oil. But we want to go deeper into that story and, and find some other things that are going on in the middle of that story. And today I really want to focus on the idea of what really is of value. What do you put value on in your personal life? And what does Jesus put value on uh, from his perspective that we want to align our lives with? So let's read the text. Here it goes. Mark chapter 14, and we're reading from verse 3 to 8. Some of it you're familiar with it, some of it's new. So while he was in Bethany, uh, reclining at the table at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of expensive perfume made of pure nard. That's really important. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why waste this perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And he, uh, they rebuked her harshly. That's kind of really tough, but they really got on a case. Jesus stood up and he said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you um, and you can help them anytime you want, but you won't always have me with you. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare me for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, she is uh, what she's done is also going to be told in memory of her. Th- this is this is remarkable. You know, it's interesting in the in the gospels. There's actually th- I, I, three times that women come and anoint Jesus. One time. Uh, I believe it's in the Gospel of uh, Luke, uh, a woman came. And this is uh, one where she was very demonstrative in her action. She cried. She poured oil on his feet. She washed his feet with her hair. And uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And it was a very uncomfortable situation. A lot of the people were unsure of it. And the person's house she was in was a Pharisee. And his issue was at that time, um, why are you letting the sinner, because she seems to have been a prostitute, touch you? And Jesus talked about that. He really rebuked the guy and said, hey, listen, um, she's been forgiven a lot. And so therefore she's going to show her gratitude for the forgiveness a lot. Here, it's a different situation. The conversation that comes up. So this is the third time it's happened, actually, in the ministry of Jesus. So what's interesting is that people are kind of used to it now. It's kind of become a thing that people would come and and, and women would come and, and, and bless Jesus this way. But what the conversation is about now is about the cost. 
Uh, they're basically saying this act of this woman, we've seen it before, we've seen people honor Jesus's way, but whoa, it's too expensive. It's too extravagant. It's, it's not thought through properly. Um, when you understand what nard is, it's interesting. Nard is from a tree. It's a perfume essence, an oil essence that comes from a tree. Now, the tree is only found in North India, Pakistan, and Himalayas. And this story is taking place in Palestine. So they're way miles apart. So it's a very exotic um, perfume. It comes from the root of a tree, the underground root of a tree. And that's where they got the oil from. And it was very expensive. We're told here that the jar she had, and we don't think it's a very big jar, was worth a year's wages. So that's like she poured on Jesus in the moment of time, $50,000, $60,000. Like that's, that's like taking somebody out for a really expensive dinner and buying them like a $5,000 bottle of wine. It's just like, whoa, this is really extravagant what she's done. And what's even more interesting about this is that, um, you didn't have to do that because what they usually did with nard is they watered it down. They diluted it and they'd put it in water, for example, to make the water smell. You know how we have pure perfume and then we have that, uh, how they say it in French, but basically uh, watered down perfume. Um, and so they, they usually watered it down. They usually put it in other substances such as water or oil and to allow it to go a long way. And I think that's what a lot of people were thinking. It's like, why did she pour out $50,000, $60,000 worth of oil, uh, perfume on this, on Jesus? We don't disagree with her doing it. We don't disagree with her act, but the extravagance of it was crazy. Like, like she could have watered it down and accomplished the same results. It's, it's interesting in life. This question comes up a lot about what is appropriate and inappropriate in terms of cost and value and where we put our money, where we put our time, where we put our energies. You know, I could look at one individual and say, boy, that's so extravagant. That's so wasteful, something they've done or somewhere they've used their finances. And the same person could look at me and say, why do you waste your money that way? Like we, we often look at each other and try and work out, are they really living for good value? Are they really making wise decisions? I've been thinking a lot about the virus and the, the coronavirus and the, the COVID virus 19 and just the decisions society are making at the moment. We, uh, and I don't think there's ever been a virus, a, 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 a pandemic handled this way in history where we are going to great lengths to save lives, to save the lives of those who are already in a vulnerable state. We are, we are going through, we're going to put ourselves through great financial stress. We're going to put our society through great sociological stress and emotional stress. And we're going to great lengths in the way that we're doing it because we value in our society life and we're willing to, to take the hit financially because we believe that these lives um, can be affected by what's going on and, and, and we want to save them. So here you see what we other societies might look at what we're doing and say, uh, you're a little bit over the top. You're, you're going too far with this. You, your lives are important, but these are people who are vulnerable anyhow. And, and, you know, the cost you're bringing on yourselves is way too much. But that's something we value. This woman valued this act greatly. 
the people around um, Jesus couldn't get it. They felt like, no, it's too much. It's too extravagant. It's, it didn't need to be. She could have done the same thing with way less money. And actually, if she wanted to bless Christ, she could have given the money to the poor. Jesus answers them. He, he says, listen, I want to give you the perspective of the kingdom of God. I want to give you my perspective. When it comes to money and time and effort and energy, I want to talk about what I value. Like you, you saying that feeding the poor is valuable, I, but I want to tell you that what this woman has done, I really honor her. What she's done is of true lasting value. And he points out some things to us about what he sees as value. Now, I want to make us understand that he's not covering everything in life. He doesn't include in this discussion uh, looking after your family. It's just expected that you're going to invest a lot of your resources into looking after your family. He doesn't talk about, he doesn't really even talk about feeding the poor. He says, you'll always have them with you. And it's just like, he's basically saying, listen, I just expect you to use your resources to take care of those in need. So it's, there's many things here that that are not said. So I don't want us to take this as the way should live our lives, but he gives us a kingdom perspective as in when we stand before the throne of God, what are the places that he will have expected us to invest in, in an extravagant way, in a very significant way, in a very powerful way. He blessed this woman because she blessed him in an extravagant way. He says this, and then he, he tells the people, listen, I agree with her. This is what I'm expecting. This is what I want to see. People who bless me in an extravagant way. And there's three areas that he kind of covers. One is he talks about acts of worship. He says to this woman, he says, leave her, leave her alone. Don't bother her uh, because what she's done is a beautiful thing to me. She's done a beautiful act of worship to me and it's extravagant. Yes, I get that. But worship, sometimes with worship, you can never do too much. You can't overdo worshiping Christ. Now, when I talk about worship, I'm not talking about a Sunday morning experience. Like I lift my hands up more than anybody else. I dance more than anybody else. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a worship that is uh, what Romans talks about. Romans chapter 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters in Christ, offer your bodies as living sacrifice, which is your acceptable form of worship, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What what the scripture tells us is genuine worship is more to do with things like obedience. It's more to do with things like um, um, surrendering to Christ's will. You know, what Christ finds beautiful is when we pay a cost to obey him. Okay, so I'm thinking of um, when I went to Africa, it was a big cost for me. I, I had to go as a single guy and it, it was really hard at times. Christ finds that it's extravagant. You're giving up your youthful years to serve the Lord and a hard environment. But Christ finds that beautiful. Others would say, well, you should just go for a year and that'd be great. Christ would love that. Christ called me for longer. It's an extravagant act of worship. But it doesn't have to be as dramatic as that. It can be things like people stopping a relationship because God's called them to stop that relationship and it costs and it hurts. And others say, why'd you give that relationship up? That was a great guy. But you say, no, but, but I know that it's not the right and it wasn't, we weren't on the same spiritual page and it was a great act and, and, and it cost me a lot. And others will question it, but you know it's an acceptable act of worship. And I think it comes down to, for many of us in all areas of our lives, it's not just about money. It's not about time. It's actually more about 
offering your lives as a living sacrifice, prepared to pay a cost, sometimes an expensive a cost, sometimes a cost people other people don't understand, to honor Jesus. And he loves it. He loves it. He counts that as precious. He counts that as worthy. And others will question your actions. Why you didn't go down to us with, to Las Vegas? Why did you go to a conference instead with Christians? But you know what? He loves it. He honors it. He said, this is what brings me honor. And others will question you and think you're out of control. But if you're doing it in honor of me, it's a great worship. Another thing he talks about is um, how she served his body. He said, the poor you'll always have with you and you can help them anytime you want. And he's, 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 he knows we will and we're required to, but you'll not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body before to prepare me for burial. And I, I just want to take the idea of body here. For us, we don't have the physical body of Jesus, but we have the body of Christ. And I think another way that we should be, another place we should be extravagant, should go over the top, should be more than average, is blessing the body of Christ. Blessing those believers. You see, we can bless our own family really easily because of our flesh and blood. But Jesus is looking for it when we bless the body of Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, not connected by DNA, but connected by our faith in Jesus. And he counts it, he says, you can't be too extravagant blessing the brethren of Christ by taking care of their needs, by um, honoring them and looking after them, going out of the way. I, I, I know many believers in the church are just phenomenal at this. They'll, they'll drive a person to church every week for a whole year. That person doesn't have a ride. They go and pick them up and bring them to church. That is an oil offering being poured out before the Lord. It's extravagant. Why are you doing it every week? You don't need to do it every week. No, I want to bless this person. They're a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ. I want to help them. Some of you visit the sick, our sick in hospital, week on, week out. That's a beautiful outpouring, extravagant time offering to honor God by honoring brothers and sisters in Christ. The last area where Jesus mentions here, where he doesn't see it as a waste, he sees it as something that's going to bring great reward, is the preaching of the gospel. He said, truly, truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout this world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. She had built a legacy, and her legacy was to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. She She's put money, she put time, she put effort into honoring him, and now it was going to be preached everywhere he his story would go. And I think putting money into the kingdom of God for the proclamation of the gospel is never a waste of money. I always remember Schindler's List uh, from the movie, and you may remember at the very end, Schindler um, starts to weep as he releases the helps the Jewish people escape, and the war is over. As he looks and he realizes that he still had pieces of gold on his body that he could have sold to have help more Jewish people escape to freedom. And he realized suddenly, whoa, uh, I, I didn't give enough. I, I could have given more to save lives. I think one of the big things we've got to remember in this whole issue with the virus is that, you know, a whole society has, you know, industry is collapsing, airlines are collapsing, takeaways are collapsing, uh, people are losing jobs to save a few people. But we struggle to give sacrificially to preach the gospel. And I think we really need to be challenged. Boy, if we go this far to save a few people uh, or a number of people who could be vulnerable in this situation, whose days are limited anyhow in many cases. And yet when it comes to giving towards the gospel, we don't do anything. We, we give very little. And Jesus said, I want to make you aware 
they're sacrificing your finances and your time for those places where the gospel will be preached, that's where you should be extravagant. That's where you should go over the top. And I, I feel like in this day, we need to take stock during this season. Listen, if I can make these changes for people who are living, surely I can make changes in my life moving forward for eternal salvation, for eternal life. I think in this season, I hope a lot of us begin to think about what do I value? And, and maybe some of the things where I've been putting my resources and my time and my effort really don't have eternal value. And maybe this is time to say, no, I need to start doing things that have eternal value. Maybe some of the finances that I've been saving up, instead of just saving them up and now they're going to be taken out by a virus, maybe I should have been giving more of them to the extension of the gospel, the preaching of the gospel and the advancement of the kingdom. Jesus gives us his perspective. That's not to negate family and other issues, but he gives us us, uh, his perspective on where we should be extravagant, where we should go over the top, where we should be sacrificial. Uh, Very challenging words that Jesus gives us there. Well, the Lord bless you as you continue to study uh, the Gospel of Mark 14, 15, and 16 and go through the Passion with Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for joining us on Recalibrate today. For more information, please check out our website at crcfchurch.com.